Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City Podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website, www.c3nc.com. How good was last week? Who was here for Pastor Lawn? Yeah, who missed it actually? Because that, that's more who I want to speak to. You've got to go and listen to the podcast. Uh, Lawn and Kelly are both like, spiritual parents to us and uh, they came with a mission a clear mission I think and uh, they delivered a, a word but he, he just spoke something out so prophetic particularly towards the end to uh, to daughters if you're a daughter he just kind of like I, I'm not a daughter obviously haven't had a daughter to know it, but I was I was so moved by what God did in that moment and I, I want every daughter in the house to hear that word so if you haven't yet listen to it if you're not a daughter would join me in weeping with them because uh, it, it, was, it was an incredible word wasn't it it was, it was fantastic so uh, definitely get in and listen to that and uh, has anyone else heard the uh, podcast stories that I'm doing I'm starting to do them where I kind of interview people I've done like uh, Thomas Jim Bentley and the next one's Jalem uh, which I think will be coming out. Uh, it hasn't gone up yet, has it? It has gone up? Oh, legend. Well, there you go. It's up. And uh, I'm loving it because there's so many incredible things that God does in people's lives. And it's happening in so many people's lives. But I've, I'm just kind of just picking out a few and, and hearing their story and just interviewing. And I don't really go in there with like preconceived ideas. I just like, I just get a sense that God's got something to say and I've, I've been loving it. So uh, enjoy them as well. I'm, I'm all up on the podcast right now. I'm enjoying it. So um, hopefully you will too. Who's ready to get into the word? I'm sitting on a stool and it's not high enough, so it's not going to work. Um, I just feel like I'm uh, sitting at a, at a toddler's table about to be fed sweet potato or something. I don't know. Uh, it's not going to work. So, yeah, so wonderful. We're, we're going to be looking at uh, the passage I want to look at tonight is 2 Samuel 6. And um, for a lot of us that would know this passage, it's, it's well known because it, it leads to the moment where Jesus, where, sorry, uh, David, King David, comes into Jerusalem uh, semi-naked, partially naked, and is dancing before the Lord. And every, every you know, youth and young adult person loves to you know, get into that passage and enjoy it. But I'm, I'm not actually going to get quite to that part because I feel there's some other moments before that moment. And you can go and read that and, and laugh and have a giggle about it. But um, uh, there's some things in this passage that I think really are special and, and reveal something about the process that we all need to go into. Because th- this passage, this sort of series that we've been on called Glory Revealed, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago at Easter, that the whole thing with God's glory coming, it's not just so that it would shine on and on us and that we'd in, you know, enjoy the sparkle, the spotlight, but it's more that it, God's glory, His presence would shine in us and out of us. And, and I talked about how the veil's been removed so that others can see it. You and I are meant to carry the presence of God all, up, all over our lives so that whenever we interact with somebody, they're like, whoa, there's something there and they're drawn to it. That's, that's a lot of God in us, yeah? And so we're talking about that. But the thing is, sometimes the glory, the kind of the sparkle on us can, can get low, yeah? And it can just, you can get a little unsparkly. Who's a bit unsparkly? Monday can be an unsparkly day. And thank God for Sunday because it helps you sparkle on Monday. But, um, you know, you've got to kind of 
reinvigorate yourself and get back into that place. And so this is kind of what I want to talk about today. And, and, I, and I love that the, the new, you know, back, back in the Old Testament, see, you and I are in great days. We're in a, in a day where any one of us, anyone on planet Earth can experience God's presence. That's an incredible privilege. It's something that for the thousands of years before Christ, humanity was not familiar with. Only way back with Adam and Eve, and, and, and for short moments, God's presence would come on individuals for a certain amount of time to accomplish a work, but they didn't really understand that. The only way that they observed that the glory of God was revealed or present was, was actually, who's seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you know, seen that they opened the Ark and the glory of God and this power? Well, the Ark, the ark of the Covenant, which had the, the tablets in it, was the thing that actually housed the glory of God, the presence of God. And um, the passage that we're looking at, prior up to this moment, the ark is not present. So the whole of Israel has not known about the glory of God being present in their midst for decades. Long before Saul, the predecessor to David, he's the first king of Israel, is appointed. They've never known, generations have not known a time where the presence of God was in their city. And David comes to a place where he's like, you know what? We've got to get the presence back. And he, he's wildly, I'm going off notes here, but let's just go have fun with it. He, he's already, at this moment, he's already famous. Like, he, you know, Saul establishes the Israel as a legitimate nation, first king, crown. It's awesome, but he, he messes it up nice and properly. And then, and then David's appointed as king, and he's this righteous guy. I mean, he's this guy that's raised on the meadows, looking after sheep, has this beautiful humility. He then kills a giant, which gives him total cred. And then, and then he goes on from there to just, like, defeat every single army that, that has terrorized the nation of Israel for years. He just goes out and annihilates them. Just like, he's, he's just got this incredible, and everybody's like, King David is the man. Like, this guy is unstoppable. And there's hysteria around this moment in time of Israel, but it's just like, what an exciting time to be in. We're actually a nation, we've got a righteous king, and it's good times. Who loves good times? There's good times with David, okay? Good times with David. And so this is where the the moment kind of is at, where um, the blessing and, and the glory of God is really shining on Israel. And it's a promise that was long spoken back, back when I talked about uh, in Easter where the, Moses comes down from Sinai. Daniel talked about the glory God came upon him. I mean, from that moment on, there was a promise. And it says in Exodus 34, Behold, I am making a covenant, a commitment to Israel before all people that I will do marvels such as I, that have not been seen and created on all of earth or in any nation. And the people among whom... Uh, you uh, shall see the work of the Lord, for it is awesome. It is an awesome thing that I will do with you. And so he's got this promise for Israel, but for hundreds of years they, they haven't seen it. It's just been struggle after struggle. The leader fall, fails, messes up. Another one comes up. They've got these judges. Everyone kind of just—it's not an organized sort of thing, and it's just they haven't—they haven't seen it realized. But suddenly they're at this moment, this junction. For Israel, and suddenly the blessing is starting to be realized. It's good times. But it's still, they're still waiting for this, this moment. This moment 
where God's glory would come back. And, and this is where David suddenly goes. He goes, you know what? There's one thing missing. We're enjoying the blessing of God, but there's, there's something missing in Jerusalem, and it's the, the glory of God. It's not present, and it's the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant, for decades, has been at this guy's place, uh, Abedihab, uh, Abinadab, Abinadab. I've got to say it phonetically because I can't get it out, all the Hebrew names. Uh, but then Abinadab, it's at his house. It's been there for decades, and it's just been in his garage. He's just chucked a tarp over it, and it's just been sitting there, and people have long forgotten about it. And then suddenly David goes, I remember that promise. I remember that story, like Jericho, when they first crossed the river, and they came across, and then they defeated this... Jericho, the tallest walls you've ever seen, this incredible kingdom, and, and they marched around it with the ark, the presence of God, and it obliterated the city. We've got to get that back. Like, there's better times ahead. Who, who sometimes just gets satisfied, satisfied with where you're at? How easy is it to do that in life? But David comes to this moment. He's like, we've got to get the glory of God back. We've got to bring it back into the city. Are you with me? I'm just, that's just a little bit, a bit of background to this moment where... David goes, we've got to get the glory of God back. So chapter 6 in 2 Samuel, let's read the first five verses. It says, David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. I mean, you don't need that many to carry the ark, but he's, 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 it's a party. So he invites everyone. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from uh, Bel Judah to bring up there the ark of God, which is called the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits on throne on the, on the cherubim. Oh my gosh. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out to the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, or grandsons, were driving the new cart. And with the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. So David goes and gets it. He retrieves the ark and, and they're bringing it back. And you can imagine just the wonderful moment of bringing the ark back. I mean, who was here back in 1997 when the Knights won the grand final? Come on. Where were you all? Come on. No one else was there? You were there. You were there. Come on, come on. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was a night that I actually ran to Erica's house in the middle of the night because we'd had a fight, and that's a different story. At 14 years of age, I ran from Warner's Bay to Mount Hutton to go and remedy, and we won't tell that story. But earlier on the evening, before we had the fight, we decided, we, we'd watch the game all together with a bunch of church buddies on an old projector, and uh, we were just pumped i mean this what a moment and and we were so so excited that we're like right what are we going to do let's just drive into town and so everyone was doing it, it was amazing like the roads were jammed everyone's just jammed, getting into the car and they're heading into newcastle and they and they're, they're just driving around and they're just like yelling it was just yelling at everybody ah nights i know right johnsy ah how's that darren albert oh you know and everyone's just got this it's this incredible moment that I've never experienced in Newcastle before, where just everybody's happy. Like, no one's then other than Manly. Was it Manly? It's a Manly support. Everyone else is happy. No one's sad in Newcastle. It's amazing. This is this moment. It's 97 grand final, and they're bringing the trophy back. And so David's got this with his crew, and they're bringing back the ark. Man, this is, this is the secret weapon. This is the atomic bomb of the day. 
If you've got this thing, you're invincible. And David's bringing it back into town. And everyone's just pumped. Here we go. We're bringing this, this weapon. Nothing can stop us. Have you, have you got the atmosphere? Like everyone's pumped. And then it all goes to poo. All goes to poo. Shall we read on? And then David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with the songs and the lyres and the harps and all the good instruments, the tambourines, the castanets, and the cymbals. Everybody's got one. It's old school Pentecostal. They're doing the shake all the way to Jerusalem. And suddenly then, it all gets messed up. It gets completely undone. And, what, and when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, so much happens at the threshing floor. I don't know why. But Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen stumbled and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and, and God struck him down there because of his error and he died there beside the ark of God. Dead. <sighs> Who knows that at a party... A death really upsets. Messes the party up. I mean, they're dancing along. They're pulling the card. Everyone's cheering, playing the castanet. And then suddenly user touches the ark. Boom, dead. Everybody's just like, what the? And everyone just goes silent. Like, what? What? We're bringing the ark back. Oh, the ark doesn't kill, it kills the bad guys. It kills the Philistines, not, not you, Zay. His family have had it in the garden shed for like yonkers and he's dead. So that's it. David just goes, right, party's over. Everyone go home. We're just leaving the thing here. And they're right by Obededom's house. And so they just park it into his garage, just back it up, and they just go, let's just leave it there. I mean, it just completely kills the mood. Have you got it? Just dead and gone. Who knows that God, God wants you and I to have the power of God living inside of us, yeah? But sometimes, and this is promise. Again, when if we fast forward thousands of years later, Jesus comes and he gives this promise. He says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses. This is a promise for every human in Jerusalem. The city that they're bringing the, the ark back into, Judea and Samaria, saying to the ends of the earth, there is going to be power inside of you that is going to shine so bright. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's accessible. It's for everyone. But there's things that get in the way. Sometimes the party gets messed up. Sometimes it goes all to poo. Yeah? And this is what happens in this moment. Uzar just reaches out. Here's the thing, and, and I want to talk to you about a couple of things That'll stop the glory of God being revealed in you and out of you. And the first thing is being familiar. See, user, he's had, it's been, the Ark of the Covenant has been in the garage of his granddad for decades. I mean, it's just been sitting there. Dust all over it. They're just used to it. They're playing table tennis next to it. They're just like, oh, there's the Ark. And suddenly, they pull the tarp off, they take it out, and just because he's so familiar with it, I mean, it's been around him way before he's even been alive, as, as the oxen's just suddenly gone over a rock or something, he's just put his hand out to stop it, forgetting 
how precious and powerful this thing is. So powerful that it's not God that desires that he drop dead, but it's just the incredible power of God is on this thing, and he touches it and he dies. Why? It's familiar. Can I tell you that the thing that will take out a Christian real quickly, real, real quickly, is just being familiar, being common. Here's the thing. It was actually David's familiarity as much as it was his. Because David knew, and we read on later, that to move the ark, you had to have these Levite priests that would consecrate themselves and go through this incredible process. And there were linen ephods, and, and, and they, they dedicated their life just to carrying this thing. These are the people you need to carry this thing because it is such an honor to carry the presence of God upon you, on, upon your shoulders, that you've, you've got to be completely constant. David just went, you know, let's just grab the guys that have had it in their garage their whole life, and they can just carry it. Familiarity, getting common with God and forgetting that none of us have a breath in our lungs without Almighty God. Being common. Are you common with God? Have you got familiar? Is it just this kind of thing that you're walking along in life and suddenly sometimes the cart can get a little unhinged? Whose life sometimes gets a little out of whack? And suddenly, just suddenly, and you just go, oh, yeah, God. Oh, yeah. And you're common with him. Oh, you've been with me my whole life. God, help me. Cart's fallen off. It's a lesson in it for us, isn't it? He's common. It's interesting what follows that is, if we read on, it says, and when they came to the threshing floor, we'll recap a little bit. Uzzah put out his hand at the ark of God, and he took hold of it, and the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down. And he died there beside, by, beside the ark. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah, and he cursed the ground. He cursed it. He gets angry. Can I tell you that the other thing that will trip you out and will stop the glory of God being evident in your life? Is getting angry. Getting angry at God. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed at what's going on to my even my friend. You can let anger kindle up inside of you, and it can be very a very real situation, a real circumstance. But if your focus turns to that and not to the presence of God, anger riles up and it says Paul wrote this in Ephesians again thousands of years later later he said anger's a part of life it's going to happen you're going to get angry but it's what you do with anger and you know what David does if you read on here this is what he does he got angry at God he cursed the ground and David was afraid of the Lord and he said how can this ark of the Lord come near to me so now he goes in his anger and his fear he goes presence of God away from me and he leaves it can I tell you that anger and fear will always point you in the opposite direction to where God's presence is have you seen that happen before when you let it burn inside of you rise up inside of you it'll overcome you to the point where you're walking away 
from the presence of God. Paul said, if, if you let anger burn up inside of you, the enemy will take an opportunity upon your life and you'll feel completely distant away from God. See, there's no fear in love. 1 John 4, 16 says this. There's no fear in love. And the reason why sometimes in your fear you feel completely away from God, because it is. There's no fear in love. So we walk away, and suddenly, the further and further we go, the more fearful we are. We're away from Him, from His presence. You know what I'm talking about? And fear will get you. But there's a way back. There's a way back. And so David said, how can the ark be near to me? So David was not willing. He was not willing. He made a decision in his heart to, to walk away. He was not willing to bring the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obadiah, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. What does the presence of God carry? Blessing. So again, David gets parked in another garage. And suddenly, Obed-Edom has a completely different thing. He goes, man, power's come to my world. He welcomes it. Yeah, bring it in. Roll it right in. I'll have all of that in my house and he suddenly gets incredibly blessed because he lent in I'll host the presence of God in my place in my house yeah I will he gets blessed yeah it goes on from there here and then and then it was told to King David the Lord has blessed the house of Odebedim and all that belongs to him because the ark of the because of the ark of the Lord so now David remembers i want to ask you to remember tonight that god's presence is good everything good about his presence pours out its blessing on your life there's no fear in it amen there's no anger needed when you're in the presence of god there's goodness there's life and so david remembers for a moment he goes ah he gets, he gets past his anger and his fear and his familiarity and goes, I've got to get the blessing. And so this time, he does the opposite. He goes, I've got to get me those Levites. I've got to get them and we've got to prepare ourselves. And he gets the linen ephod on as well. He goes, hey, I'm part of the crew. I'm consecrating my life. So he went through the same. You can't wear that thing without consecrating yourself. He washes off every other thought, all of the anger, all of the fear. He washes it off and he puts this, this coat on. He goes, I'm ready to carry the presence of God into the city. And so he goes with everyone else and the celebrations begin again. And here's what goes on from here and so David went up and brought the ark of the Lord to the house, from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing and when those that bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps he, he, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal and David danced before the Lord and with all his might and David was wearing a linen ephod so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with a sound of, horn, of a horn. Here's the secret. Where's your breakthrough? It's in praise. No matter what's 
tripping you up, messing you up, sucking the life out of you, remember his presence is good. And if you would welcome it in your life, if you would treat it as a sacred thing upon your life and you would praise, you'll find yourself back in a place where the glory of God is all over your life. Can you hear that? What's my encouragement tonight? Get the glory back. (laughs) Consecrate yourself. Shed the fear. Shed the anger. Shed the familiarity. And start to lift up the name of the Lord. And you'll find that the presence of God enters in on you. When, When Jesus came back, he was resurrected from the dead. And he came to the disciples who were hiding in a room. They were fearful and they were angry. Where have you gone, Jesus? You messed up the plans. We're angry. We're angry at the religious leaders that sabotaged us, that crucified the king. We're angry. And they're fearful. They're locked behind a door, sitting there in a corner. And Jesus comes in. And you know what he says? Shake it off, guys. As you have received forgiveness, release it. Wherever the anger come from, release forgiveness. Wherever the fear came from, Release forgiveness. Let it go and lift up in the name of the Lord. Amen. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.com.
We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.com.